Good evening, everyone, and welcome. Tonight's class is titled The Abominable Body with a Godly Soul, Part 2. And we've... Here we go. We've been discussing previously how we must always be happy. We must always be happy. Just check the... I don't want the table to fall. Yeah. Just make sure it's pushed down. It's locked. Okay. We must always be happy. There is no place for sadness. Damon, let's just turn back on the light. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. We gave the example... Of two people fighting, two wrestlers. We said you could be the strongest wrestler, but if you're down and lazy that day, you'll lose a fight. There is no place for us to be down and sad. And so in chapters 26, 27, 28, we discuss different methods of keeping ourselves alive and happy. Chapters 29 and 30 came along and said, but sometimes you need to break yourself. There are times that your heart is clogged and you're not able to really get past this. So there are times you need to crack down on yourself, be rough on yourself. Share how, you're, how we need to be of humble spirit before every other human being, great or small. Every other person is greater than us, is greater th than us, and we discussed in chapter 30 how to have such a perception. So chapter 31 says, but now this is a contradiction. Before you told me to be happy, now you're take, telling me to break myself, so now I'm not happy anymore. And we went on to say that when someone is down, but they're down with energy to fix the issue that's not sadness, that's bitterness. And bitterness is going to go ahead it's going to allow you to propel you to new heights. Sometimes we hit rock bottom, but we're not lazy because of it. It gives us more energy to get even further. Is it bitterness what? or anger? Bitterness isn't good. Yeah. That you can have anger in your heart, and it'll, it'll dissipate or whatever. Yeah. But if you have bitterness, that, that stuff yeah. stays. Lost the it's got to be a better word. <laughs> so let me first show you the terminology of Tanya. I, I appreciate and, and feel free to, to, to ask any questions. On page 140, chapter 31. Page 140, right-hand column. Again, page 140, right-hand column. I'm going to start reading just a few lines to catch us up. In truth, well, there goes, there goes. In truth, however, a contrite heart and the bitterness of the soul, because of its remoteness from the light of the divine countenance, and its being closed in the sitrachar, are not called atzvot, dejection in the sacred tongue. I'm going to skip three lines. But in the case of merivus, bitterness, and a broken heart, the contrary is surely true. There is vitality in the heart, fermenting agitation and bitterness except that this vitality stems from the attribute of the, of the holy Gevurot, whereas joy comes from the attribute of Chassadim. So, in short, I, I appreciate the comment of bitterness, and, and I'm not, I, I don't want to focus now 
on what the exact thought process there is. But we're talking about somebody that is down, but he's down with the energy to get over it. That is not called dejection or depression. This is a positive movement. It's not love. It's not coming from the love within you. It's coming within the strictness within you. But strictness is one of the ten attributes. There's place for that within us. Strictness? Strictness. Kivura. Toughness. Severity is the proper term, term often used. So now we continue that... Not only is it not a bad thing at times to be down, but on the contrary. If we're going to be able to work with our, our godly soul and elevate it to a new level, this will bring us the greatest joy. And that's where we were last week. Last week we focused and said... That teshuva doesn't mean to repent. Teshuva means to return. Tashuv. To return. And therefore, we're constantly returning our whole life. Our entire life, we're going to see in a moment, the Talmud instructs, instructs us throughout our life to be constantly doing teshuva. But if we're not sinning, how could we constantly be doing teshuva? Because teshuva doesn't mean to repent. It means to return. And we constantly need to return closer and closer to a deeper level of godliness. And, and this is going to bring us the greatest joy. Why? Because who are we returning? We are returning the king's son or king's daughter back to the king. Inside of us, we are momentarily going to see that our physical body is called the snake's skin. That means the body is a snake's skin, and inside of it is a piece of God. So basically, or truly, there's a piece of God trapped inside of you and me. So when we are able to connect ourselves back to God, we are returning or releasing from, from this snake's skin prison a piece of God back to Hashem. Imagine the king has a child in prison. What type of feelings would there be when the king's child is released from prison? What type of joy would there be? Well, you have that ability within you. And that should bring you tremendous joy. Let's see this inside. Until now, it's been my word. You, you don't need to appreciate it. Let's see inside page 142. Right-hand column. In small words, in the gray, it says seven Adar. We're going to continue in this. Again, page 142, right-hand column, and this. Continues, Tanya. And this shall be his service. Where are we? This is the essence? Oh, okay. And this shall be his service all his life in great joy. Your entire life you could be happy with the following service. The joy of the soul in her release from the despised body. Not that, God forbid, you're dying. No. Mm -hmm. But you're returning your soul to its source. Because naturally your soul is separated from Hashem by the body. And returning, her to, returning to her father's house as in her youth. 
You're returning the soul to the level of godliness it had before it came into this world. How? As we learned last week, when engaged in Torah and prayer. Okay, so this idea of returning your soul back to its source should bring you tremendous joy. Indeed, the rabbis of blessed memory have said that one should be in a state of repentance throughout one's life. As we mentioned before, this is a a quote from the Talmud Tractate Shabbat, page 153a. Our entire life we should be in a state of repentance. Why? Because repentance means to come closer to God. Teshuvah means to come, and constantly we need to come closer, bring our soul back to its source. For there is no greater joy than the escape from exile and imprisonment. That's one joy. One joy is getting released from jail. The second, as in the example of the king's son. Okay, so so now the example is further. Not only are you released from jail, the king's son is released from jail. Now we're going to say, what type of imprisonment was it? Who was kept in captivity, turning the millstone in prison. He was in the lowest of low. He was turning the millstone and becoming covered with filth. Then he is liberated and he returns to his father's royal house. So you've taken this prince. He went to prison. In prison he was doing the lowest item. And now you've released him from prison. Imagine that joy. This is the reality of our joy. When we go ahead and we learn Torah and do mitzvahs and connect our soul back to Hashem, that is the true feeling we should have. That we're releasing the child of God that's imprisoned imprisoned within our body back to God. Can I say amen to that? Amen, yes. But the question is, how could you be happy? Ultimately, your body, if your body is so low, how could you be happy? By doing what it just said. Yeah, but we're only giving you a, a cure for your soul. But your body, what we're learning at this moment, is your body, because of what it's done, I need to recap one thing. As, I've, as I said last class, but I must constantly repeat it. As a Jew, we know your body is holy and it's pure. We're not saying here your body is despicable and low. We're saying, previously we discussed, we're talking about someone who unfortunately has dragged his body down. So right now he's made his body despicable and low. But that person, how could he be happy when he releases his soul to connect with God if his body is at this moment despicable and low? Go to the mikvah. The mikvah is a good point, but the mikvah nonetheless, if you're still struggling... You know, the mikvah, there has to be preparation for the mikvah. Right. You can't just, in, in other words, mikvah doesn't just purify a person. If someone has, God forbid, truly sinned, they need to take care of their sins. So how could we be happy? So we're going to learn that we have to let go. We have to be able to say, I'm going to, con- I'm going to allow the happiness of the soul be the item that's going to, con- that's going to really inspire me. And, and let's give an example. Imagine the king tells, not Baruch, because we want to talk about someone who's on a low stage. The king tells John, and John is a, he's a, a low man, a low, a low, crass, impure person. And the king says, I want to stay in your house tonight. So he, so, and John says, you know what, it would be my honor. 
That night, John has two options. He could go to bed thinking about what a low man he is. Or he could go to bed and say, I am so honored that the king stayed in my house. Which are you going to choose? Well, naturally, we should allow the happiness of the moment to stick with us. So yes, our body is low. And we're, and we're, we're not here saying, we, as we learned previously, we're not ignoring the issue. But at this moment, let's recognize the great accomplishment of our soul. Let's see that inside. Page 144, left-hand column. And although the body is still in its contemptible and abominable state, the body is still low, so how could I be happy? It is referred to in the Zohar as the skin of the serpent. The Zohar says that the physical body is the skin of a serpent. Why? We learn in the Torah that our ubasar talbisheni. We learned there's a passage that says the body is considered skin to the soul. What type of skin? The Zohar says it's the skin of the evil serpent that made Chava sin in the Garden of Eden. Our body is called skin of that serpent. In other words, naturally our body itself may try and lead us to sin. Inasmuch, and that's what the Zohar says, that the body is called the skin of the serpent. Inasmuch as the essence and substance of the animal soul have not converted to good, we're right now in a stage, this person we're dealing with, is in a stage where the body, the animalistic soul, has not yet been converted to good. And which would have accomplished to merge the animalistic soul and the body into holiness. Nevertheless, his soul will become more precious in his eyes than the despised body. Allow your soul to be more precious than the body and he will rejoice in her joy and not confound and confuse the joy of the soul with the misery of the body. Let's not confuse the two. They're two separate things. Today, what's the wording they say? Today we need... um, What's one of the key words? Mindfulness. Mindfulness. Let's live in the moment. At the moment, our soul at this moment is connecting with God. We're releasing the, this prince from prison. Yes, our body is low, but let's recognize the great, great joy that this is causing Hashem. This is causing the king. Is our body low because, like John here, engaged in adultery or <clears throat> kosher, those types of things? Could be. Or lying. So this or person here, unfortunately, has allowed his body to sin. The body of a Jew is holy and pure. What we're learning now here is someone who, unfortunately, has allowed his body to go low. The Zohar, what the Zohar means, that our body is... is uh, skin of a serpent Hashem did put inside of us an evil inclination just like Chava was tricked by the snake why do we have the evil inclination we learn to allow us to grow to allow us to use those opportunities for growth right once a person leaves this world there's no more evil inclination but there's no growth they're stunted 
we have an expression we use about some about someone that's passed away, and, and not really. I take it back. Not really. We we talk about angels. We say angels, they're picture frames. They could be beautiful, but they can't move. Where they are is where they are. A human being is not a frame. A human being can constantly grow, can constantly elevate. But in order for that elevation to happen, Hashem put within us the animalistic soul to challenge us. But it's all godly. So now, this leads us to another question. And I have to say, this question gets me excited. I love this question. <laughs> well, well, I love the answer. Yes, yes. Aren't we being a cop-out, not addressing our, the issue of the lowliness of our body? So yes, Yishai, I'm able to go ahead and say rejoice in the celebration of the soul. But isn't it a cop-out to not address the issue of the lowliness of our body? Yeah. Do, do we have a precedence? In Torah, we need to find precedence. Do we have a precedence? Do we have a source telling us? that it is okay to run away from an issue at times? Do we have a precedence that we could ignore one issue, not address it for a little bit? Is the question clear? Yeah, isn't it if it's going to endanger your life or something? Okay, but this is not, it's not endangering our life. Is, is, is it... Do we see, you know, and this is something often that I'm sure all of you have had those experiences. People come to you and they may share a challenge they're experiencing. And, and you know, you, maybe you tell them not to think about it. It's not, and they're like, no, I, I, I can't get it out of my, if I don't deal with it, I'm a cop out. So Joseph's brothers, <clears throat> right, they didn't address their sins for many, many years until, right, they went back years and years later and found out the form. But is that an example of something holy? What I meant to say is, do we have an example of, so, of something that was done out of holiness no. to use as a role model? It's the opposite of what I said. <laughs> and the answer is absolutely. <coughs> when the Jewish people left Egypt, mm -hmm. yeah. we were on the lowest level of impurity. We learn the highest level of purity. On the highest level, yes. The highest level of We were on the lowest of low. No, 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 I appreciate that. There's fifty levels of impurity. At that moment that the Jewish people left Egypt, we were at level forty nine. And we do learn should we have remained a little longer in Egypt, we would have gotten stuck. <coughs> because we had abandoned God in the suffering, in, in the forgetting that God was a part of the suffering? It's a good question. I'm going to hold that question for another class. It's a fair question. I respect it. The question is if we were, if we were in pain. I appreciate that question. But the reality is we were in the lowest level, or the second lowest level. So 50 was the highest level. Right, right. Could you also say that Moshe, when he was still living in Egypt and he struck down 
Egyptian you know, before he got exiled out, right. struck down. I mean, he was at a lower, perhaps, level. Moshe? Moshe. Or was he always at a high level from the get-go? I'm I'm, that maybe act, that's a bad example. Well, that act was actually a very holy act of... That Egyptian had um, abused. Yeah, I had, can see that argument. Yep. Had, that, that Egyptian had done things which, even according to the Egyptians, were yeah. completely inappropriate. And he was, aside from that, he was yeah, trying to. Yeah. Okay. No, no, but an example. So, the, we're on the lowest rung. Can I ask something? Yeah, please. Just because I want to make sure, y'all. What's the low, what they do? That's what I, mean, I want to talk about. We have the idolatry and adultery. Well, it's what they haven't done. It's maybe the way to look at it. Well, I they just haven't want to make, to just for my own. No, what, 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 what makes you so low? Like, what makes that guy so low sitting over there in that chair? This guy, I don't know. I'm, I, don't, I don't know his personal business. I don't know what he did. Okay. In Egypt, what do the Jewish people do? Transparent. We assimilated. Kind of. Not fully. Um, that was before the slavery. We kept three things. It says only three things that we kept, but they were big, big things. And that's what kept us together, was our Jewish names, our our language and our clothing. I remember correctly. Three things kept us together, but nonetheless, aside from that, um, three very external things. Yes, but but I want to go back. Okay. I appreciate the question of what the Jewish people did so low at that moment. I appreciate the question. I'd love to talk about it, but not at this moment. Okay. <laughs> so, how did the Jewish people leave Israel? Calmly or in a rush? In a big rush. Now, Para was about to die. He was the firstborn. The Midrash tells us he was one of the. He, he was going to be killed within this plague of the firstborn. When he came to Moshe and said, "Moshe, go," he meant it this time. So why were they in a rush? There was no rush. His mind. Who changed his mind? In case he would have changed his mind. Which he did. In case Paro would change his mind. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we believe that at the moment, and, and the matter of waiting a few more hours for our dough to rise, he wouldn't have changed his mind. Three days later he changed his mind. But, and, but we weren't worried. There was a, there's a plague going on. We learned that there was not a house that didn't have someone mm -hmm. that was affected by this plague. Why, why the rush? We rushed for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We rushed because we needed to run away to, from this place be, where, where to, we had gotten to. Shuvah, to get out of the... We needed to get out of this... Idolatry. Yes. Society's idolatry. Yes. So here we have a precedence where we had an issue, but we're running away from the issue. Sometimes, of course, of course, sometimes we just need to run away from it. Sometimes we've gotten so low... We need to separate and slowly deal with it. And did we deal with the issue? So I'm sure you... you Later. I'll, rem I'll remind you... Only partially. We dealt with it right away. People asked, 
you asked, what's the, what's the different levels of impurity? We learn that there are, that there are seven sefirot, seven attributes connected to your emotions, <coughs> kindness, severity, beauty, etc. And within each of the seven, you have all seven. What's seven times seven? It's 49. That's why we have the 49 days between Pesach and Shavuot. Each day we work on a different one of these 49 attributes. Really a true cleansing. So when the Jewish people left, did they deal with the issue? They did. Over that 49 day period until they got the Torah. But the first thing was we needed to run away. We learned there's 50 levels, or 49, then the 50th is low level of impurity, and the same is 50 levels of purity. Okay, so let's go back inside. We're going to see this point now, that there are times we need to run away. And after we run away, we could address the issue. Page 144, left-hand column. Bottom, bottom paragraph. This release of the soul from her exile in the body is in the nature of the exodus from <coughs> Egypt. The, ex the exile in Egypt was a spiritual exile and the exodus from Egypt was a spiritual exodus. In connection with which it is written, the people had fled. We ran. We, we learned that by when we left Egypt, I'm just looking for the Hebrew wording here. Kibaracha, we we ran, we ran for our lives. Ask comes the question at first sight. It is strange that it should have happened in this way. For had Paro been requested to liberate them forever, would he not have been compelled to let them go? But because the evil in the souls of the Israelites was still in its strength. In the left part, for not until the giving of the Torah did their impurity cease, as we mentioned that throughout the 49-day period, this was a level of purity. Yet their aim and desire was to free their divine souls from this exile of the Sitra Achara, which is the defilement of Egypt. We wanted to run away from the defile of Egypt, uh, defilement of Egypt and cleave to him, blessed be he. So for this, yeah, we needed to run. You know, we learn there's a passage there's a passage in the Talmud just, just one moment that's um, Slipping my mind now. I, I, I'm a little embarrassed because there's 12 passages we're, we're taught. We need to always have on the top of our mind. This passage is um, sounds like. Anyways, every moment the passage says that we're constantly leaving Egypt. We are constantly leaving Egypt. How could we be constantly leaving Egypt? That's a...
Okay, I'll, 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 it will come to me in a moment. We, every moment, we are constantly leaving Egypt. How could we be constantly leaving Egypt? Because Egypt is not a place, it's a situation. And if someone, whatever level of, of impurity a person may be dealing with, for him, that is his Egypt. And that's why every year we celebrate Passover. Passover is not a, it's not a history from the past. It's a current, it's a current story. Okay. Are there any questions? I've been talking for too long. Any questions? Vasha, please. Well, Rabbi William said that um, they also left in a hurry because if they hadn't left in a hurry, they might, they might not have left. They, they, some of them didn't want to leave. That is true. It's so true that we learn during the plague of darkness, a lot of Jews died. A tremendous amount. I think four-fifths. Two, two million people left Egypt. I think we learned that eight million maybe didn't leave. Unfortunately. Because they were evil. Not because they were evil. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember this moment. I, I don't mean evil, but they, wanted, they, didn't, want whatever. they didn't want to get out there. Their, their Egyptian ways. I don't remember at this moment. I appreciate it. You've stumped a rabbi. $200. Because the unknown is very scary. As you walk away, you don't know whether you're going to have food, you don't know where, what, what your life is going to be, and maybe slavery is better than the unknown. Didn't some go back? Um... There's a story like that. Sorry, I just remember this passage. It was yeah. nudging me. So here it is. Sorry, the passage says, and you all know this, Bechal dar vadar. In every generation, Chayiv Adam Liros Esatmo, a person must look at himself, as if he left Egypt today. It's our responsibility, the Mishnah says, to constantly look at ourselves and say, we're leaving Egypt now. What do you mean we're leaving Egypt? We're not in Egypt. Because Egypt is not only a place, it's a situation. And constantly, whatever level we're at, we have an Egypt relative <coughs> power situation. And that's in the Haggadah, isn't it? That's a quote. Oh, yeah. Yes, I got a quote. Yes. The moment you stop leaving Egypt, you're back there again. <laughs> that's a very powerful Where did you find that? Chabad.org. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there, there is a place. There is a place to run away. We learn from our our time in Egypt and the way we left that at times we do need to run away. How, how do we see this? We're now going to quote three verses, and then we'll wrap it up together. As is written, third to last line of page 144, the Lord is my strength. I hear it, I hear it. And my fortress, Hashem, God is my strength and my fortress, and my refuge in the day of affliction. Where do I run in the day of affliction? I'm going to run. I'm going to run to Hashem. So we see the idea of refuge in its proper Hebrew translation actually means a place where I'm going to run. Times that we need to run. A second verse. My high tower and my refuge, Hashem is my tower place where I'm going to run. And a third, third passage, and he is my escape. Hashem is where I'm going to escape, meaning at times that you need to run. 
And just like we needed to run away spiritually from Egypt, so too, that is why the physical exodus from Egypt was in a manner of escape. Ah, and this explains to us why when Mashiach comes, we learn there's a clear passage that says we're not going to run. I, when Mashiach comes, it's going to be an even greater celebration than the celebration of leaving Egypt. So why we should run? Because we're not in a hurry. We're not scared of anything. Hence, in the time to come, when the Lord will remove the spirit of impurity from the earth, there's no impurity anymore. It is written of it, you shall not go out in haste, nor go by flight, for the Lord will go before you. Since the world spiritually is pure at that moment, there's no need for us to run anymore. Israel. No, I mean. Oh, but we're not running from anything. We're not running from anything. Fair. We were right. Well, we had right. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. So let's show where we are. We we could have we could be happy because we're returning our soul, to the prince, to the king. But isn't the body low? Yes, it's low, but let's focus on the soul. Aren't we being a cop out by focusing on the soul? No, we see that there's times that you need to run away. That's where we are now. But now we're going to say an even deeper step. In the words of the Tanya, we're going to make, we're going to be able to give a person an even greater joy. How? Who put you in this body? Baruch when, when God spoke to you, you told him you, you chose to come into a body? Come to work. You chose to come into this world? Was it your choice which body you're going to come into, what day you're going to be born, where you're going to... That was something you chose? No, I didn't choose. No, you didn't choose. Okay. No. You well, I was thinking about that bat mitzvah which the other day. The lady said her daughter chose the body to soul to come in. Or just the perfect soul. Hashem chooses mm-hmm. who's going to be born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hashem sent me. Even your, your parents don't yeah. choose who their child will be. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why, unfortunately, some parents are very frustrated. They said, this guy didn't choose his child. You know? <laughs> but maybe the child chose <laughs> Can't hardly charge a name. Can't pick a name. <laughs> we don't choose. Hashem makes all these all these decisions. Why? Why did if our soul is pure? So why did Hashem put us in this low body? Why did Hashem bring us into this world? If the body is called a serpent skin, so what? So the king took his son and put him in prison. What we're saying now is that Hashem took each one of us, which is a child of God, and stuck the soul into the prison of the body. Mm-hmm. Why would Hashem do such a thing? So we could let him out. So that we could experience a physical existence. For us to ex- experience a physical existence. To As opposed to spiritual? To finish his work. And, and, and for God to experience a physical existence through us. 
You're making me curious. I'm going to ask one question. I don't want to go on this path, but I'm going to ask one question. God is missing the taste of a physical world. We say he just doesn't miss anything. God, God has everything. Yeah. But he created the world. We're going to talk about this later in Tanya. It's a beautiful subject. Yeah, why did he put the sparks in, in us? In our, in us little why did God put the sparks inside of us? It must be to purify the body. He may be just entertaining himself. Like, <laughs> like, He's it's like God. He's <laughs> God for God. Like, so I turn the horse into 18 holes. That would be very interesting. No, wait, why did he put us in, why did he put little sparks in us, little snakes? Why did God put us, our souls into the body? And there are a few answers we learn. But at this moment, what's important for us to know is our body is in our soul. Our soul is in our body to purify the body. Right. To elevate the body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. To bring the body closer. To bring the body closer to Hashem. Mm-hmm. So let's go, take, go back to our analogy. The, king takes, the king's son is in prison. Very sad. The king's son, not only is he in prison, he's, in the, he's doing the, lowly, the lowest items, the dirtiest items in prison. Extremely sad. But then you find out the king put his son in prison. And he told his son, you want to get out of prison? Clean those millstones well and you're going to come out. Make them shine. Okay. Now the king's son has a method how to leave prison. Still sad. But then the king says, and I put you in prison because I wanted you to be a positive influence on all the other prisoners. Some of them are unfortunately in a low state and I wanted you to be a positive influence on those prisoners. That's a whole different state. Mm -hmm. Now the king's son knows how to get out of prison. Mm -hmm. And he feels that he could accomplish something tremendous. Mm -hmm. So when he leaves, he's a a success story. He was put in prison to help all those together with him. And he accomplished his task. Unbelievable. What greater joy could there be? Let's apply this now to ourselves. Yes, our bodies may be low. And unfortunately, we may have taken them to a bad place. But inside of our body is God's, is a piece of God. The prince. And we're told, how do we take that prince out of its exile? <clears throat> By learning Torah. And doing mitzvah. Okay, now all of a sudden, we know how to take the prince out of exile. And why did the prince go into exile? To purify the body. So now, when something, when something comes your way, and you're able to succeed, not give in to whatever, may, whatever temptation or whatever item may be on your mind, you're able to focus in tefillah and prayer. You're really able to appreciate the greatness of Shabbos and connecting with God. At that moment, not only... Are you taking the king's prince back to his home? 
You're accomplishing the mission he's here for to elevate the soul. It's it's a whole it's a whole new it's a whole new ball game. Let's see this inside and then we'll take some questions. And with this we'll wrap it up. I'm gonna try and read a substantial amount now. I wanna try and cover this idea. The quality of this repentance will be stronger and more intense and it's going to come from the depth of the heart and likewise the joy of the soul will be with an added measure of light and joy. If you want to have an added measure of light and joy and it's going to be deeper, stronger, more intense, what should you do when he will reflect in his heart? With knowledge and understanding, to truly think about the following idea. To console himself from his distress and sorrow, saying as above. Truly and without doubt, I am a low, at this, at this moment I'm in a low state. But it was not I who created myself. Why then has God done such a thing? To cause a portion of his light, blessed be he which fills and encompasses all worlds, and before whom everything is of no account, the whole world is like nothing to Hashem. And He's taken my soul and chosen to descend and to be clothed in a serpent's skin and in a fetid drop. Why would Hashem do such a thing? It cannot be otherwise than this descent is for the purpose of an ascent, to raise up to God the whole vital animal soul, which is of the Klippat Noga and all her garments, namely her faculties of thought, speech, and action. How do we elevate them back to God? Through their being enclosed in the act, speech, and thought of the Torah. As for the meaning of how this is of as for the meaning of this ascent, how this is the ultimate purpose of the creation of the world, it will be later explained at length. <coughs> later we're going to learn that the purpose of creation was to take the physical and elevate it to the spiritual. And if this is so, if God, Hashem put me in the body, and why did Hashem do that to go ahead and elevate the body? If this is so, there is one thing for me to do. And this will be my sole aim all the days of my earthly life. To fully occupy therein the life of my spirit and soul. I'm going to take my soul and I'm going to occupy within the Torah and its mitzvahs as is written. To you, Lord, I lift my soul. <coughs> that is to say, I'm going to bind my thought, speech, and speech with his thought and speech, blessed be he. I'm going to connect my thought and speech with, with the thought and speech of Hashem. What are the thought and speech of Hashem? which are the very laws which have been set before us. And likewise, my actions, what will be my actions in the, in the performance of the commandments? And for this reason, the Torah is described as restoring the soul, restoring the soul to its source and root. Concerning this, it is written, the precepts of the Lord are right rejoicing the heart. What did we just say? We just, let's put this all together. We, we've left off with half a package. I say half a package because in chapter 32 and 33, we're going to complete the package on how to come to true joy. But at this moment, what we've learned is allow the happiness of the soul 
to shine within you. Allow the greatness of the soul. You're a part of God. You are a prince of God. Mahishamandala, a prince of God. Princesses of God. It's unbelievable. We are all a piece of God. Allow that to really shine, illuminate our day. And even further, why did Hashem put a piece of God within us? To elevate the soul, and what, to elevate the body, and when we're doing that, what a great accomplishment. We are going ahead, we're accomplishing the reason the world was, we're fulfilling the reason of creation, the secret of creation. We're returning our soul back to its source. Our body is being elevated. Every individual mitzvah we do, every individual piece of Torah we learn, is accomplishing this tremendous and great task. So we have a lot to rejoice in, a lot to be happy in. And with this idea of rejoicing in the soul, it's now going to lead us into chapter 32. And chapter 32 is, 32 is heart, lave, the heart of Tanya. Hasidim have always said that the next chapter is like the, is the heart of the whole Hasidic, of the whole Hasidic. What is the heart of the whole Hasidus? I don't want to give it away. I want you to come next week. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming.